Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. All right, Derek's in here from the Touch em All podcast and 1500ESPN.com. Judd has rightfully so called me out on, uh, I don't know if being a hypocrite is the right word, but just like being Mr. Negative after a positive Twins road trip and a weekend which we would all, like all of us would have said, two out of four, that'd be a good weekend against that team. And I sit here on Monday morning. the show with this. Yes. I sit here on Monday morning so irrationally annoyed at Ira Adrianza getting thrown at a home plate on a double to the gap in right center field that went all the way to the wall, having a head start from first base off with the pitch. I that cost them the game yesterday. I am struggling to get my head around what you just said. The Judd <laughs> yeah. course corrected you for being too negative. I've. I pointed it's it out. I wish I had something time. like witty to say, something snappy, a comeback, but that just caught me so off guard. I have nothing. It was I'm, just I'm empty handed. It was just surprising that the show began and the first thing after coming off a road trip on which they were very successful, the Seven first thing ten. that Mr. Mackey points to is the Adrianza <laughs> right. base running gaff. Right. Like the point the point of sending you from first base is so That's that why you, you are one hundred percent sure to score. Yes. But what like what if it's caught? First of all, it's not. Like watch the ball. And second of all, who cares? Just be aggressive. Yeah. Round second base and then figure out if it's caught. you still got plenty of time to get back. I agree with you. I wrote in my five thoughts column for today that it was a good road trip. You should feel good about that. If you're the Twins, 7 out of 10, what is it, 8 out of 11 too, yeah. uh, if you go back to the beginning of May, that's, win, yep. like, that's good. That's a good stretch for the Twins and they should feel good about that. At the same time, it ended on a sour note and songs that end on sour notes have a way of sticking with you in the uh, in the bad kind of way. You hear a song and they finish, Phil, they get to the resolution and they're just ready to pay it off and somebody misses a note and you just can't help but think it could have been the most beautiful symphony in the world and you think, ah, man, I wish that didn't end that way. That's how that Adrianza play feels to me. I would just like to take this opportunity, Derek, to applaud you. To applaud you for taking a stand. Well, I'll always take that. And now that stand might have been incorrect in retrospect. The Twins might not, not have been dead at the time. But I am going to say that, you know what? You We've been telling you for how long? Just take a stand. Just have a hot take. Right. You yeah. had a hot take. The Twins being dead, which is now not true. But at least you did it. I don't think it's hot, and I'm still not backing down from it. It sounds like you're sort of backhandedly asking oh, for an apology. No, I like it. Look like at this. the number of teams that are better than the Twins right now. Oh, this is good. Look at the number of teams. The Angels finally got bumped from the AL West lead, so they're in the wild card sort of driver's seat there with Boston and New York. After that, you got the Mariners. Yes, they lost Robbie Cano. That hurts, but... They might be better than the Twins right now. The Blue Jays might be better than the Twins right now. I'm not too sure the Oakland A's aren't better. The Twins are playing a lot better baseball, and and that's good. And this will lead to an interesting summer, just like I said three weeks ago. It's a good baseball team that should deliver a fun and interesting summer. But it sounds like, Judd, you're asking me kind of back that truck well, up and I maybe think, take some of the toothpaste no, and try think, to get it back in the tube. I it's think, a little late for I that, I think my what friend. we need to do now is is define dead. Because if if you're just saying that they're not a playoff team, I tend to agree with that. Uh, I thought that you meant that they were going to be awful, as, as in no. they've completely fallen no, no, apart no, no, no. and they're not going to be. Because if you're if you are simply saying that you don't think that, that they're going to either win their division or be a wild card, I'm with you. All right, because the wild card, as far as I'm concerned, is basically going, going, probably gone. There's some really good teams. Cleveland, I think, has won two consecutive now, which is a very small streak. 
but I like Cleveland more. So I would I come to your mm. side of the fence if we are defining dead as just being hey they're not going to be a postseason team. two against one. Phil, what I, do you think? I, well, I just, I, just where Phil I, I guess my question to you guys is like what. What's the rush to be the first to declare the Twins a non-playoff team when they're playing very good baseball the last couple of weeks? They're uh, they're tied in the loss column with Cleveland. Like, congratulations if they don't make the playoffs. Then, like, you guys were right first. I don't understand the rush to say, well, this team is a non-playoff team right now. And now, before the season, like, this maybe pertains more to Judd because I don't know if I don't remember. Like, Derek's more of a range predictor before the season. So, like, which is which means that your hot take three weeks later was Super even more uncharacteristic. Uh, but like Judd, you said they were going to win. Was it like eighty nine games or something, 80 or eighty seven, and yeah. and be a playoff team High and be a wild card team? Is correct. Yep. So why is it that after one month and seeing them bounce back, that now you're mm-hmm. just like off that wagon? I underestimated the rest of the league because it struggled. It was not very good in two thousand seventeen, and so in making my prediction for eighteen, I made the incorrect assumption that the rest of the league was going to remain about the same, and that's not true. So that's why, right? But right, okay. So so basically, the stronger, so, east so, so the Angels, like the Angels, are the team yeah. that okay, the East and West are going to be strong enough to provide your two wildcard teams. But I didn't. Not that you can gain a whole lot in, in a four game sample here. But I didn't look at that matchup this weekend and think, oh man, the Angels are like. Sometimes when I watch the Twins against the Red Sox or the Astros, okay, pretty obvious gap between those two teams. Other than Mike Trout being the best hitter in the world and Otani being this. This amazing new like twenty three year old can do both things. I don't look at those teams and say, "Oh my gosh, there's a huge gap between the Angels and the Twins," especially yeah. with the Twins just getting Byron Buxton back from the disabled. Days. I agree. I want to see so what I'm like, Buxton I'm just provides. Wait. I'm not. There's no reason to stick a fork in him right now. I want to see uh, what Byron Buxton brings. When's Miguel Sano going to be back? Are they ever going to get their starting catcher back? And here's like not to be Mister Negativity. Knows no. Yeah, because because Phil, I, I would generally I would agree with what you just said that I don't look at that Angels roster and think like. Boy, that's just a different league. This is JV versus the varsity. No, the Twins are a varsity baseball team playing in a varsity league. They dug themselves a big hole for sure, and now let's see how they can get themselves out of it. Um, But the question that I have with the Angels, and I will continue to have, is do they have enough pitching to continue to keep this thing going? Yeah, you you don't look at that and you think like, oh, they've got the shutdown guys back there. I mean, Jim Johnson, Camp Pedrosian. Like, Parker, you're just kind of, you're like, all right, they've got some pitchers. And that's what I feel about the Twins, too. I don't feel like, and, and you guys can't sit here and tell me you feel like the seventh inning Twins have a three-run lead, it's over. Like, that bullpen has not done a ton to engender full blind trust for this season. So, I still have questions about a lot of the wild card contenders. The Twins are on that list. I do wonder, and here's my, i I don't mean to bring this like negative parade down, but did you guys watch Barrios' last couple of starts? Yeah, and what's, what's going on with him? I don't know. He can't throw a breaking ball now. He can. He just can't throw it for a get-me-over-strike, and he can't throw it for a swing and a miss. And that's a big part of his game through those first four or five starts where we were like, oh, here he is, ace, he's arrived, and, and I was in that crowd too. Through, he's arrived. Through that Cleveland game. Now, well, spectacular. now yeah. you kind of wonder, like, they're getting some pitching depth back. Irvin Santana, we think, will be back at some point. Trevor Mays making a rehab start for Rochester, I just saw. That's coming soon, so there's going to be pitching, and you like what Jake Odorizzi's giving you. Kyle Gibson's maybe been their best pitch of the last two, three weeks. Uh, they're, they're fine in terms of, like, starting pitching depth, but when we were talking a week ago, boy, if the Twins are really going to run this table and, and start to take control in the American League Central, it's going to be Fernando Romero and J.O. Barreos at that top of that rotation. See what they can do. 
I'm kind of, I'd be worried about that if I'm the twins right now. Cause I personally, I, I don't know what's going on. I watch the road trip and I think like, hmm, it's not a train wreck of a start, but he's been a lot better than this in the past. And now I'm kind of curious to see what happens. It there. was really weird. His last start, because he went from that first four, the first four starts, he had one bad game, but three of those four starts, he was really good. Lights out. Yeah. Spectacular. And he's come back in, in the last four. I think he's got an ERA around eight point five. And that last one, he just he just didn't have anything really to speak of. I mean, it wasn't. He didn't look even close to being that same guy. Is this going to be the inevitable thing where like a stud Twins pitcher and three months later is like on the disabled list with a strained UCL? Gosh, I hope not. And this uh, is what and undergoes Tommy that. John surgery. I hope I not. Tommy John surgery among big league pitchers is like a coin flip in their career, yeah. if not more than that. And I guess it's something that we've put. Because it, it hasn't happened recently, really. It, it happened with there was a run Gibson, there for two years ago. Alex Meyer, did he have it with the Angels or something, or maybe uh, he, he had it earlier? He's got a shoulder, uh, shoulder yeah. rotator cuff stuff now. So it's but, been, and there hasn't been that many great pitching prospects for the Twins to like right. put out there and have Tommy John well, surgery. But this is what other organizations go through, and it's 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 bad. It's bad for baseball. I think somebody said to me the other day, they're like, "Boy, Shohei Otani's fun to watch, isn't he?" I said, "Yeah." Can't wait to see what he has on Sunday on the mount. I mean, he's as a hitter, he's fun to watch. Power, speed, bat control. And then this guy also pitches, and he's got a 98-mile-an-hour fastball with a splitter. This is going to be something to watch on Sunday. And they said, yeah, he'll be fun, but he'll eventually get hurt. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, no, I don't want this to be the inevitability for good young pitchers. This is your plan. You sign a pitcher. And you just say oh, immediately the Wetmore, plan. the Wetmore plan surgery right now. We're doing it tomorrow. This is all. This With is the all second pick in the 2018 MLB draft. Had Romero's had it. Yep. Yeah. So you're saying to yourself, "There's a fighting chance he'll be okay." Yeah, but For then real? there's an expiration date on that too. You think? <laughs> I, I just you don't like seeing it like with the Angels reliever the other day who has to leave in the middle of a plate appearance, right? And he's just like holding his elbow. Oh, Middleton. On Sunday, yeah. You're like, uh oh, I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, he did. He called he the trainers out right saw away. And said, "Uh oh." Look, I don't like the inevitability of it, and I'm not saying that that's where Breos is going by any means. Uh, that's not what I'm suggesting because he's still got the velocity. I do still see some life in his fastball. See the command. I just it's the breaking ball to me that hasn't been there the past two starts. One I, of the yeah, I, it, well, it's concerning. It's like yeah, and he went from having this this breaking ball that people around the league would like take screenshots of it and put it on social media and now it's like the breaking ball that hangs and it's a 450 uh you know foot home run to left field one of the funniest things to me is this question that we keep asking the last couple years of like why are there so many arm surgeries in baseball like what's what's going like jeff passan wrote a great book called the arm that investigated he spent three years investigating why pitchers are having so many more surgeries and then, like, over here, we see, oh, everyone throws 97 miles an hour <laughs> right. and is focused on on spin rate and getting more break on their slider and their curveball. Like, but why do pitchers keep needing surgery? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because your arm's not supposed to torque that way, period. Sure. And now pitchers are using weighted balls, and they're trying to get more velocity, and they're throwing harder. And high school kids are going to these showcases, like these perfect game showcases, and they're just trying to light up the radar guns of the scouts. Years old. Yes. Right. It's not a mystery of what's happening here. I think that, and and I said this, Judd, you joked about the Wetmore plan. Do you guys remember where that originated? Do you remember, this is four four years ago, probably. Was it? This is right when you guys were starting your show. We're doing it? a sports of Matt Harvey? podcast. 
Did it involve um, Matt Harvey? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Matt Harvey, okay. but we're doing a Sports Over Beers podcast, and I think we were a couple drinks in, and I said, you know what, this would just be here's how you nip it in the bud. Here's here's how you head it off at the pass. You you draft a high school pitcher, you take him to Target Field, you show him around, you say you're going to be here someday, kid. <laughs> you get him to sign the contract and give him his big signing bonus. You get him excited, mm-hmm. and then. UCL replacement surgery on day two. Yep. Now, it was a joke because, like, that's a little premature. Maybe it's headed that way. I don't know. But my point was, the overarching point was not a joke, which was the team that figures out how to keep pitchers healthy or how to get 90% pitcher health where other teams are struggling to get 65%. That team is going to win multiple World, World Series because they will just have the best pitching talent You'll be pitching against their backups. You've got an ace, maybe two, and several shutdown relievers that you never had to worry about going through ligament reconstruction surgery on their way to the show. That team will win at least one, probably three World Series, and then everyone will try to copy it. It will be great for baseball. Until then, you kind of hold your breath when you watch guys throw in 98 with life. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to need volume over everything else, right? Like you're just, if, if your organization is crippled because that one guy goes down, well, that's then the organization that has like the Mets. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the Mets have had lineup issues the last few years that have sure. prevented them from getting the players. But they're a really but good team this year. Like Matt Harvey, if you would have said, oh, a few years Not ago, lately. Matt Harvey's going to be cooked and he'll be with the Reds. Exactly. Say, well, then they're in trouble. Oh, exactly. no, but they have like five of those guys. They have like five Matt Harvey's. Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard, and they've got a bunch of relievers, yeah. and, and I think I had a steroid suspension in there, too. But, like, that was a pitching staff. <laughs> that was what. That was the goal. Remember when it was the Mets and Royals, and we talked about, like, oh, the Royals are built on just enough pitching, plus speed and defense, plus shutdown relievers. And the Mets just come at you and at you and at you with pitching. Everyone throws hard. This is going to be a really interesting blueprint, which of these will win out over the next five to ten years. And now we're kind of like, ah, the Royals are sort of done and Boy, that's a disappointing era of Mets baseball that did not pay off anything. Uh, tweet comes in here. Only Judd can start a segment by saying you're going to browbeat an apology out of Wetmore, and then not even two minutes into the segment, he winds up agreeing with you're Wetmore. You're right. You're right, Derek. I just I, I wish I would have seen it your no, way. No, I sooner. thought Phil was going to browbeat you, and yeah, I well, said your words were browbeating. And I we. and I said, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm fine with it. You're off, by the way. Like, if, if, if the Twins make the playoffs, you don't get to claim credit for, like, predicting. If they win 87 games, I don't think you get the credit for that. Oh, I, I get, get the, the credit for, from Dave. Oh, no, I get the credit for the win. You don't get to, win. like, jump I, off that I get the win total credit, but, I do, I, but it can be held against me that I, I said that I thought they yep. were pretty much cooked. Exactly right. So, so yeah. see, are we going to allow him to hedge like this? Oh, I get the win credit for sure. Nah, you either get, it's all or none, Judd. I'm sorry. Somebody asked me. I think me. i got to get the win. No, if, if I hit the... the the win credit, I think I get that. He's the written win number, down. I think I get that. He wrote that. it down. Yeah, I, I mean, listen. Somebody I'm asked me, this is last week, guys, and the Twins are playing better baseball now. Oh, you, don't you feel silly? Remember the Cleveland Plain Dealer beat writer, Paul Hoynes, who wrote off the Indians two years ago and said, like, oh, I can't remember if it was Salazar or Carrasco. Somebody got bo- hurt. Both of those both guys. Both got yeah. hurt and said, well, they just don't have the pitching. They're not going to be able to do this. They've got Kluber and then what? Right. He said uh, something in a column. He said something to the effect of, "If they go to the World Series, I'm jumping in Lake Erie." Are you going to jump? Somebody in- asked me if I'm jumping in Lake Superior if the Twins make the playoffs this year, and I might be down. 
Maybe down. I didn't say it. I didn't make like that definitive a claim. So you never said that though. I didn't, but like it'd be a kind of a funny bit. And like October Lake Superior, I can tell you that's not warm. I think we'll, we'll put our heads together over the next like week and come up with some punishment for Wetmore if they do make the playoffs. Okay. Uh, right. We're talking twins with Derek from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch em All podcast from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So, okay, first of all, before we get into this ranking thing, any what's the latest on Sano? Like, I know I that they were on the road and you did not cover them on the road in person, but. Wish I knew. Long homestand coming up and. Uh, for their sake, you you got to hope they have some kind of update coming soon, right? I mean, just to be clear, he did he did join them on the road for this last portion of the trip, and oh, at first good. at first it made it sound LA restaurants, it, yeah. And at first they they the reports made it sound like he might do some work. The last report I read though was that they basically wanted him to go out there to be with, with the big league staff, and that was it. So I don't yeah. think he did work. I don't mm. think he took ground balls. I don't think he hit. I think. They basically decided it would be more advantageous to have the big league staff monitor his progress than have people do it here. That's all it read. We're to the point where he'd have to go on a rehab assignment, though. He's been off for like three weeks, yeah, right? Yeah, so and he, before he went on, he struck out in 40% of his plate appearances. Yeah, so it's like, ridiculous. Probably could use some plate appearances in the International League anyways. So Judd and I did this segment last week. Twins player power rankings. Yes, just I like heard the, about this. the value of the, of the player, which is kind of a it's an open... It's a very open interpretation here. And we just ranked our 10. Now, Judd had him outside his top 10. So, no, you're talking. Yes. Miguel Sano. He fell yep. off a top 10. I had Sano ninth. Could debate you on putting him eighth. But the seven are ironclad for me. Yeah. Well, Roy, Royce Lewis, number one. Hang on a second, because this is important. What do you? What is your metric here? Because I, I, I heard about the column, I, or I heard about the bit. I read uh, Judd's column. And I think it's ridiculous that you guys aren't even like that. He's not even close to the podium of mo- most he's important not, or most valuable right now. Like, what what is your either, assessment? Honestly, like Im, Im, most important implies wishful thinking for what he could be. Sure, a range of mo- outcomes. Most valuable is more of like a current standing, I guess. Okay, so I get I get that this is open to interpretation. I took it as if you're picking up the phone and you're having conversations with other teams and they're gonna. And you're having conversations about value or trades sure. or or just even like players who are right now really important to your winning process. Okay, I was thinking of it as if the uh, Vegas Golden Knights were starting up a franchise and got to handpick a few players from rosters. Okay, let's do it that way too. <laughs> well then, he's, he's not in the top seven. Royce okay. Royce Lewis is ahead of him. No, I mean you're laughing, but he, no, honestly, listen. Give to me this. your seven. Your ironclad seven. So Royce Lewis. <laughs> okay, Royce. Keep this going, is easy. Roy, Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis is the number one overall pick. Yeah, and, not, and I won't fight you. And is more valuable than Miguel Sano. Jose Barrios is a pitcher who throws ninety-five miles an hour with movement. Won't fight you. So is Fernando Romero. He's also in the top three or top five because I have Byron Buxton in the top five too. Um, Eddie Rosario in his prime, a much better hitter than Miguel Sano, much more valuable as an overall player. He he's in the mix and contract too. Uh, Max Kepler has emerged above Miguel Sano. And Brian Dozier, even though there's only one year left in his deal, Brian Dozier, over a five-year body of work, is one of the best position players in the entire league. I got a little bit negative and put Steven Gonsalves ahead of Sano, but Jeez, I but I would I, I would concede the there. Yeah, I mean I've, I've got the same. But your reaction is if and, like I'm an idiot. And, and Judd, no, you know I don't think that you're an idiot. No, and I know, Judd, but that's why the reaction is weird. Judd put. Jake Odorizzi on his list. I put him 10th. The top 10. So yep. I think we just fundamentally well, can disagree I, can I on start? what we're talking about here. My list was based on, on one very important thing. 
How much can I rely on you? Okay, a reliability list. How many people are in the Twins organization? Miguel no, knows last. But, but this is I value. Value and can I can I rely on you to do your job? Because if I can't, you then fine. You then mean we, we don't disagree. Me. Then we don't. You disagree. mean nothing to me. But but you can't. Well, that's not that's not how but, we frame the list. But talent to baggage it, ratio. But I this get is it. a but this is a but this is a list that includes talent. Includes, can you play? Do you play? Do you have an interest in playing? I mean, we can't have a conversation. This is not rotisserie baseball mm-hmm. where we just watch Sano highlights and say, well, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. No, he's not. He's not reliable. He's not playing. And you told me yourself when he got hurt, we got the same BS that we always get. Well, he'll mm-hmm. be back. He'll be back in a couple of days. It don't be back don't sweat it. Don't yeah. su- if you can't play, which yeah. he consistently can't, and if you don't care about your career, which it doesn't seem he does, you do not make my top ten list. So now I wonder, maybe I just misunderstood the list, or maybe you guys are retrofitting it to make sense, because if we're talking about ability, you can't put Sano outside the top four. You just, you you can't. If you're talking about from today till the end of the decade, or what, you know, what, or... 15 years. Over the next 15 years, who's the best baseball player? Who has yeah, the chance to be? But that's a, that's a not, pie you, in the sky list, Derek. Right. But let's go down that that's list. That's what I'm just let's saying. Let's go down that list You as can't well. put yeah, Stephen Consalves. You can't put Jake Odorizzi, who has a year and a half of team control left. You can't put those people ahead of a guy like Miguel Sano, who has been incredibly disappointing this year. I'm not running and hiding from that. In terms of ability, I'll give you Royce Lewis and Byron Buxton and you could twist my arm and get J.O. Barreos on this list, but Miguel Sano is right there. And that, to me, boys, is what makes what's happened so far this season maddeningly disappointing for Miguel Sano. He so, is absolutely at the top of that list. And I, and I think I would have said I would have said that two years ago. But as you go along and you get older and you're 25 and 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 you are what you weigh. And you have the you have the highest strikeout rate in baseball history among guys who've batted at least a thousand times. Yeah. Like at some point, we have to start shedding what you could be, right? And I start evaluating that. you based on what you are. And I think he's in that. Like he's not there yet. He's not. He is what he is yet. In two years, once you sure. get to be like twenty seven, twenty eight, he's very close. But right he's now. teetering because of all these things. He's teetering. So, like, I'll just go back to the word value. If you were to pick up the phone right now, like, how much interest would other teams have? And, and not that teams wouldn't have interest in Sano. I'm not saying that at all. I think a lot of teams would say, oh, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll get this Take guy rejuvenated. But I think they would first ask about the two guys who throw 96 miles an hour. They'd ask about the best defensive player in the world, center field, Byron Buxton. They'd ask about the number one overall pick. And they'd probably ask about Eddie Rosario and Max Kepler, like... Well, in fact, I think teams have like the rate. The, the Rays yeah, they're really Kepler, Kepler for sure. So. Yes. Yeah, and I, and I think the Vegas Knights would take Sano and turn him into a superstar. I think As he's a goalie, got he can MVP stand in front potential. of the net, and no, no pucks would get through. <laughs> if you if you are sitting down and putting together, if, if you are the Twins and you're sitting down and putting together this list, though, if the guy can't play, he can't make it, and he can't play. He gets hurt way too much, and he's fat, and he doesn't really care. I don't think we're going to settle this argument. Today, no, no. It's been a I mean, they, they just sent him to California, it looks like, to babysit. To babysit. They've got a lot of organic restaurants in Southern California. Yoga Love studio. Think he did some hot yoga when he was out there? No, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know. I think what I would leave it with is, in terms of, yes, I know, Phil, the, uh, you, know, you are what you are at some point. But in terms of ability, capability, how many people in this organization could you squint and see being an MVP candidate someday, I think there are three, and I think Sano's one of them. So that's Royce Lewis, Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano. Actually, Byron Buxton at some point 
I don't know about MVP anymore. I might have been too hot on that take before the season, but well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Wetmore, if find I his stuff. I see a big fat guy. That's all I see right now. We get it. You think he's fat. Okay. I know. I think you made that clear. <laughs> you made that point. <laughs> Thank 1500 you. 1500ESPN.com for Wetmore, the Touch Em All podcast.